Welcome, everyone. My name is Pastor J.D. Ambrosio, and you are listening to The 1% Christian. This is where we take 1% of our day, get a Bible study in, pray, worship. We reflect on the attributes of God, and then we get on with the remaining 99% of our day and do something amazing. So, Listen, this is day three. You've been with me this far, and I thank you very much. Uh, I'm enjoying going through the Gospel of John uh, with all of you, uh, and I appreciate all of the feedback uh, going forward. Uh, We have a lot to cover today in the way of Scripture. We're going to go through the rest of uh, John chapter 1, so we're going to jump right into it. But before we do, I want to invite you to download the Sound of Heaven mobile app uh, for a lot of reasons. One of them is there is a free digital Bible on there, so you can uh, read along. And actually, what I just found out today is our awesome staff at Sound of Heaven actually put the uh, direct feed for this uh, podcast on the mobile app. So if you have the app, you can Listen to it on there and uh, go ahead and uh, read along or you can watch us here on the live stream and uh, and use the, the digital Bible on there as well. So uh, go ahead and download that if you have not done so already. But uh, again, let's jump right in because we've got a good bit to cover as we close out uh, John chapter one. I do want to summarize John one so far. Uh, we discovered that Jesus is the Word. And remember, the Word was with God and the Word was God. So Jesus is God and he is f- God fully represented here in the flesh. And because he's God in the flesh, he is the source uh, by which all things were created. And that first attribute that we pulled out, something that we're doing each and every day, we're pulling out a characteristic of God, was that he is light. And God is light because whatever darkness in our hearts, in our minds, in this world, if the light of God shines on it, it cannot stay. So let God's light shine. Amen. And yesterday uh, we were introduced to John the Baptist. He was the one that was prophesied hundreds of years prior to Jesus that he was going to pave the way. He stood out in the desert and he uh, cried out, repent, repent got everybody's attention, started baptizing people uh, with water. But he said, hold on a second. I may be influencing this region uh, to turn your hearts back to God, but uh, uh, you ain't seen nothing yet because God is greater. The one who's coming after me is greater. Jesus is greater. And and we hit on that attribute because the fact that God is greater, that means that uh, we can do all things through him where all limitations start. His infinite possibilities begin, and today we're going to see that John finally meets Jesus, and we're going to get introduced to some of Jesus' first disciples. So let's move right in here. Uh, John 1, 29 through 34, it says, The next day he, John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. Remember, Israel at this time is waiting for a general, a Messiah, a king like David, who was going to come in and destroy Rome and destroy everybody that was holding them back, uh, all their external enemies. But the actual Messiah was coming to destroy their internal uh, enemies. And what do I mean by that was forgive the sins of the world. A lot of times we think external circumstances are what's holding us back and realize uh, ultimately when we pursue God that 
you know, he can heal what's inside of us. And once that happens, uh, the whole world opens up to us. Uh, verse 30, it says, this is whom I said after me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. Verse 31, I myself did not know him, but for this purpose, I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the spirit descend from heaven like a dove and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water, he's talking about God speaking directly to him. He uh, on whom uh, he said to me, excuse me, he on whom see you see the spirit descend and remain. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So God was telling John, when you baptize, uh, he was baptizing a lot of people, but you'll know Jesus when he comes because you'll you'll see the Holy Spirit descend and stay on him. And he says in verse 34 here, and I have seen uh, and have borne witness that this is the son of God. So Jesus's ministry is in full effect. Uh, John has fulfilled in paving the way for Jesus. And we see what happens on the very next day after that. John the Baptist again was standing with his two disciples and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, behold, the lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him say this and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, what are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, come and you will see. So they came and they saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day for it was about the 10th hour. Right. Moving here. Verse 40. Then one of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus, and Jesus looked at him, Peter, and said, You are Simon, son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. So there's a familiarity, right? Peter just meeting Jesus, but Jesus is not just meeting Peter. <laughs> uh, Jesus knows not only Simon, but Jesus gives Peter a, a, a new name, which means rock. And it's an interesting thing here because just because Simon had an encounter Jesus yet doesn't mean that Jesus Jesus wasn't with him. And we'll get into more of uh, things like that here in a second. So now we have uh, Peter joining Jesus, Andrew joining Jesus. And the next day, starting with, I think this is 43, the next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, son of Joseph. <laughs> and I love what Nathanael says here. He says, he, he says to him, Can anything good come from Nazareth? Wow. They must have not thought uh, very much of that region. And Philip said, come and see. So uh, they don't think much of Nazareth. 
And, uh, and uh, Nathaniel points that out and listen, I lived down in Atlanta for a bunch of years and I know sometimes uh, I, I met some really amazing people from Alabama, but uh, Alabama gets, uh, uh, gets a bad rap sometimes I think. And I think that's kind of how Nazareth maybe was no offense to my, uh, brothers and sisters in Alabama. I love y'all. Uh, but, uh, but we see an interesting uh, response here from Nathaniel. So moving on to, uh, verse 47 here. Jesus saw Nathanael come toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite, indeed in whom there is no deceit. So Jesus, again, expresses some familiarity with Nathanael. And Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? And Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus answered him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. So now we have a few instances here. First, you know, I was looking at this, uh, this part of scripture and, and even every day so far, part of the challenge here is, is pulling out one attribute of God. You know, we've seen in, in previous uh, parts, grace and truth and the Messiah, you know, we see that, that Jesus is recognized everywhere he's going right now as the Messiah and by everybody, but those who claim to be closest to God. Right. Um, but I want to focus specifically on a a few things here, especially uh, around the encounter with Nathaniel. But, but if you notice when he meets Peter, he's familiar with Peter. When he meets Nathaniel, he's familiar with Nathaniel. And as a matter of fact, we see Nathaniel is so impressed that Jesus saw him under the fig tree. And Jesus said, "You, you haven't seen anything yet. And that's where the attribute I want to pull out with the last few minutes that we have here, the attribute of God, is that God is attentive. And I thought a good bit this morning on that word because God is an observer. He, we know he watches us where we are, but he doesn't just watch. And I think about Nathaniel and how amazed he was that Jesus could see him under the tree. Think about this for a second, okay? He's under that tree, minding his own business. I don't know if he's in a good place mentally, a bad place, if he's thinking about nothing, if he's, you know, picking flowers or he's under there fretting or worrying. Either way, it doesn't matter. It was a minute time in his life. It was a seemingly uneventful time in his life, yet Jesus is there watching, but not just observing. Jesus is paving a way for Nathaniel. And this is what I want to point out about my life and, and your life is that even in the times where we don't know, Je- we don't feel God, even in the times where we think it's the most mundane parts of our life, even in the times where we're sitting there worrying and God seems distant, he's not. And the cool thing is he's not just an observer. He's not, and that's the way the Greek mythology, uh, the Greeks used to think about Zeus, right? And, and the other gods that he, they'd be up there and if you made them mad, they'd come down and maybe throw a lightning bolt at you. Or if you did something that, that they liked, then, you know, he, maybe they'd come down and bless you. And sometimes we think about God that way. It's not that way. God is with us in the most intricate 
parts of our life, even when we don't know it, even when we don't think it's an eventful part, God is working on our behalf. Because if you think about what's going on in Nathaniel's life when he's just sitting there under the tree, Jesus is paving the way. He's setting things up. He's reaching out to so-and-so's brother and, and this one here. And what is he doing? He's setting up an encounter with him. And Nathaniel doesn't realize it as he's sitting under that tree. But Jesus is about to shift and change his whole life with that encounter. And a lot of times we go through trials and tribulations. We go through even boring times in our life where we think nothing is going on, but God is always working. God is always talking. And I want to share a, a quick story with you. I, I have cousins that are following this as well. And um, uh, two years back, almost to the day, uh, this goes back longer than that, but my wife and I and our family, we've got a big family, big family, and we were living in a small house. And we prayed and we thought about ways and we wanted so badly to have a, a home of our own that we could that we could buy. And some days it, it seemed as years went by, really, it seemed that God, you know, we knew God was listening, but we didn't know what God was doing. So long story short, going to my brother's wedding, I didn't realize, but I would meet a cousin that I had never met before. And uh, not going to get too far into the circumstances, but, you know, God was working in, in their life too. And it was, it was my cousin and, and my other cousin and, and, and their beautiful mom, who's now my aunt. And these are, these are folks I never knew before. But I stepped out of the limo because I was in the wedding and I encountered my cousin, Eddie, and that sparked a relationship that it just so happens it lined up that this beautiful home that they lived in for decades, that there was so much love in, and they wanted, and they prayed that they would go to a place that, that the love that they had in their family, it would continue. Well, they met my family. We fell in love, and uh, we were amazing uh, family. I gained new family, but God was working to get us our home. And there were days where I didn't know if it would work. I didn't know if we could stay where we were. You know, And, and I guess what I'm getting at is we didn't know how it was going to work out. There were days where we were just going through the motions and hoping for the best, but God was working on our behalf. And that's how he works for all of us. How many times in, in your life you look back and it, it didn't seem as if uh, things were going the way they are, but if, but if even, even some of the challenges in your life, ha life, had they not happened the way that they did, you wouldn't be positioned to be where you are today. And as of next month, we'll be in that house for two years. It's been a, huge blessing for myself and my family. And I'm glad that we trusted God throughout that process. Cause even when it seemed like nothing was working, he was setting us up for a divine appointment. And that's where scripture tells us that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and those who are called. So I just want to encourage you today as you go into your day and we're hitting right at that 1% mark right now is that, God is attentive to you. He's not just watching you. You're not in some massive fishbowl that he's up there in heaven just, just being entertained. You're not on his boob tube, okay? God's not a peeping Tom. He's very involved in your life even when you don't realize that he's there. And that right now at this very moment, I pray in the name of Jesus that you realize that God is working on your behalf. And because of that, you go into this day with a great expectation because God is attentive to what you want. And he knows you better than you even know yourself. He made you. 
So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you are an attentive God. We thank you you that you attend to what we need, that you know our needs even greater than we do. So, Father, as we go into this day, Lord God, let us be reminded that even in the most minute and mundane parts of our day, that you're right there with us. Even when it doesn't seem like you're working, even when we don't feel you, you're there and you're working on our behalf. So we thank you, Lord, for everything that you do, for everything that you are, in Jesus' mighty name. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio, and you are listening to the 1% Christian Podcast. We'll see you tomorrow as we start John chapter 2.